0: The Swain Event podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation.
1: Swain Event, swainevent.com, fueled by Daddy in Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America it is Christmas Eve Eve here on the Swain Event live from the Low T Center Studio. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Swain Event, hour number one, is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. It is a beautiful day in East Tennessee. It is a beautiful day on Rocky Top. Huge win over the sixth rated Arizona Bearcats last night in Thompson Bowling Arena. A magnificent performance by John Fulkerson. A great performance by the post players. Josiah Jordan James was awesome last night, Ben. Just a really, really, really fun game to watch. And I bet it was even better being there in person as you were.
2: Yes, last night was absolutely awesome, one of the best atmospheres I've I've experienced inside of Thompson Bowling Arena, absolutely one of the best, and I started going to Tennessee basketball games uh, the end of the 2015-16 season, when I, I transferred up here for school, and I've been through some Kentucky games and the Georgia game when Tennessee clinched the SEC championship. And and there's been other great games. And and last night was as loud as those games, if not louder. uh, Last night was just tremendous. And the the, the roof was (laughs) no longer on the building after a couple of those big shots early on. I mean, it was just absolutely electric. We, We don't talk enough about just how great of a college basketball environment, Thompson Bowling Arena is i i know we appreciate it and i guess i'm also more so speaking like uh from a national perspective like thompson bowling arena when it's when it's packed out for a big time basketball game it's as good of an atmosphere as as you're gonna find in college basketball it's it's top five top (laughs) ten no bones about it so last night was absolutely awesome
1: for sure man to make that atmosphere awesome that means some players had to step up and play their best game of the season and that was the case that that was why yesterday we found ourselves uh, a little little concerned about Tennessee's chances based on what we have seen so far this season versus Villanova versus um you know Texas Tech versus Colorado even though you beat Colorado there's some things that heading into this game last night that was concerning, and Tennessee had played played their best basketball game of the season last night, and that's mm-hmm. why we're sitting here with Tennessee um, getting a top ten win, and when you have players on your team that have made all SEC teams, you need them to play like it in games like this, and that is exactly what John Fulkerson did. When you have a player like Olivier Canwa, who has been in the program for three years, you need him to play like it, and he did last night. Josiah Jordan-James has been in the program multiple years. We know his status coming out of high school. He played like it last night. Big-time players step up and make big plays in big-time games, and that's what happened last night. Did you see – I know you did because you was there. Well, I, just, I just thought about this. Kerr, from Arizona.
2: What's his last name? Creesa. Teresa Kerr. There you go. Steve Kerr Jr. <laughs> yeah.
1: He he's some his he's connected because he was named after Steve Kerr. Um, did he think he was Marshall Henderson or somebody? Did he think he was Marshall Henderson, trying to talk to the talk to the fans, being extra little trash talk? Did he think he was Marshall Henderson?
2: Yes. And, and what was funny was my seat in the media section was next to an Arizona beat writer. And he had noise-canceling headphones on the whole time, uh, I, I guess, to help him work during the game and to make sure that he had a story ready to go as, as soon as the game ended. That's soft. Do you have, do you have noise-canceling headphones when you work, man? No. But I also, I'm not a newspaper writer who has to have a story out as soon as the game ends. Does Mike Wilson have well, no, I mean Mike I, Wilson I, ain't soft. I, I I get it, but I'm not going to judge him because I know he's trying to work, and it, it would have been hard to work in that <laughs> environment last night if you if you're on deadline to write a story by the time the game ends. But he uh, he took his headphones off, and is the only time he talked to me. It was when Kerr got that technical foul there in the second half, and he said, "Do, do you know what?" Kerr did to get that technical, and I couldn't really see because it was on the other side of the the floor. From my perspective, it looked like he was just jawing, and he he wouldn't quit talking, and and that's why he got the tech. And so that's what I told the guys. I oh, yeah, that makes sense, knowing his personality. (laughs) So apparently he is Arizona's Marshall Henderson. And that was a big moment in the game. he wins by four, and Justin Powell makes three. Out of those four free throws on that possession, he makes both technical free throws, and then he splits the the free throws from the foul in which Kerr was upset with. And I mean, that's three points in a in a four point game. That's huge. Let me let me let's, let, let me go ahead and admit this:
1: Tennessee got most of the favorable calls last night. Yes,
2: and I don't care. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't care either. <laughs> like,
2: if I'm Arizona,
1: it was I, nice. I am pissed off. Let's yes, let's just be yes, honest. Yes, the yes. fish aiding was, was not great, and Tennessee w- was the beneficiary of a lot of these uh, terrible calls. But, hey, man, it is what it is. You can't get the technical foul. Um, you know, I thought around the basket there were some fouls called. Like, the call on late in the game against Kennedy Chandler, um, that foul against Kennedy, I was like, eh.
2: Well the one but that, I'll take it. The one that I did not like, and look, I'm not gonna gripe over officials after they, they got a favorable whistle last night, the Olivier Camwah block. Oh, that was terrible. That was all ball. That was terrible. It was and all and ball. the ball does not lie because the young man missed the free throw, the first free throw. The ball does not lie. The ball never lies. <clears throat> ball don't lie. Camwa
1: Camwall didn't even block it. The dude got hung on the rim. When I when, like when I when they went back and showed the replay and the close up then mm-hmm. He got the he got hung on the rim first. Is what I is what I saw. But and I'm so happy for Vault Nation. I'm so happy for um our fans and our program and our and our basketball team because last night was was truly amazing. And I'm glad Jimmy Dykes was on the call. He was he was fantastic. Tom as, Hart. As always. Absolutely, man. Um the GOAT Chris Lofton was in attendance.
2: And um it's just good. Just, just a great atmosphere. Period. Last night was was perfect, even for me personally, because I, for Christmas this year, I got my parents tickets to the game, and they they were able to, to drive up from Huntsville. Best dealt, Christmas ever. Dealt with awful traffic on the way up here. We were supposed to go to, De- We were planning on meeting them at Dead End at four o'clock before the game, and they didn't get to Knoxville until five forty. They, they left with the intentions of, of being at dead end at 4 o'clock. And from, from East Huntsville, which is where my parents live, to dead end, it's, it's a three-hour drive. And that three-hour drive turned into four hours and 45 minutes, nearly a, a five-hour drive. So it was nice because I, I hooked them up for Christmas – and it was their anniversary yesterday, 31 years. Happy anniversary to my parents. Happy late anniversary. And I hooked them up, and the the game could not have been more perfect. Just Tennessee knocking off the number six team in the country. The atmosphere was awesome. My mom got to meet Chris Lofton after the game and take a, a photo with her. That was really really cool and really really special. So last night was just perfect. The Vols won a big time basketball game. Thompson Bowling Arena was rocking. And then for me personally, being able to, to take care of my parents and, and see them have a, a great time, it was just absolutely perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better evening last night.
1: We asked a question yesterday. I made a statement yesterday that John Fulkerson uh, will need to make sure he's drinking a lot of milk. And he drank his milk. To make sure he be, he's able to bang into the paint uh, with the big boys and not have any broken bones, and he did that. The NIL deal with Mayfield is playing off because – he, not only was he able to um, bang with the big boys, but he put on a clinic. Yes, that was vintage John Fulkerson. The last time I saw that out of John Fulkerson was 2019 against Kentucky on the road. Uh, John Fulkerson went in in that game, um, being on the road, John Fulkerson uh, in that game. Tennessee won 81-73. John Fulkerson played in every minute except for one. He had 39 minutes. He was perfect from the free throw line in that game. He dropped 27 points, only had two turnovers, and had six rebounds. And I think the Arizona performance might have been a little bit more impressive because he was on the boards
2: a little bit more.
1: Um, in this past game last night,
2: Mr. Brown had a double-double. Who were the post players for Kentucky in that game? Uh, Richards. Nick Richards. Yeah, big boy Richards. Um,
1: was
2: P.J. Ma- Washington still there?
1: Maxie. No, Washington wasn't there. but um,
2: Tyrese Maxie?
1: Tyrese Maxie. Oh, he's a guard. It's right, for the, for the uh, 76ers. That's Rod Clark's guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, but Nick Richards really was a – oh, yeah, E.J. Montgomery.
2: And then um, Brooks, Brooks. Oh, Keon Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. And he's more kind of, of a small ball four. He, he's more but he a, was in there. He, a, he guarded. Yeah, Polky. he is. He is. But th- there wasn't P.J. Washington. And um, the point that I'm bringing up is that Arizona's post players are better than those post players. And and Folky did what he did last night <laughs> against better post players. So I, I, I almost think last night's game may be a little more impressive in terms of who he was going up against. Uh, obviously, that was in rep Arena against Kentucky, Tennessee's biggest rival. Uh, so, but la- last night was tremendous. I, my favorite part was into the game, Folky getting down on the block and demanding the basketball. Yes, give me the ball. Give me the ball. He's yes, waving everybody clear out to the other side of the court. Give me the basketball. Let me go to work. And I mean, there it was three, four straight possessing possessions and I think Tennessee got points on uh, three of those four possessions or so I mean nearly every single time they're late in the game went when they just went to folky down on the block several straight possessions I mean he he made a tough fadeaway along the baseline he, he had a nice little spin move that that drew a foul uh, he kicked it out to somebody for for a shot if I remember correctly it, it was just tremendous effort and and execution from John Fulkerson. I love seeing him demand the basketball. That's the John Fulkerson we've been waiting for.
1: And now you want to see it again against Alabama. That's, yes. Like, it's not too much to ask to see that every day now. And I'm not yeah. talking about just John Fulkerson. I'm talking about Olivier Camois. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Uros when he goes in, uh, making sure the intensity level is where it needs to be and the intelligence is where it needs to be and execution is, is there where it needs to be. Also, Josiah Jordan-James. Like, if you are coaching coach on this basketball team, if you're Rick Barnes, you're challenging your players to do it again. Let's, let's be this same Tennessee team. No matter who we're playing, where we're playing, this is what we can be. This is what I told you guys that you can be, and this team was like this with Kennedy Chandler kind of struggling. You didn't have great guard play as far as point production. You know, it wasn't like we were knocking down shots from the outside. We were, you know, twenty something percent from from three. We were not great uh, at all from three. We was actually thirty percent from three, not twenty nine percent from three. Um, but we were not that great from from three. But what Tennessee did last night. Was win in a different way, and good teams win in different ways. And yesterday was about dominating in the paint, playing stifling defense. My goodness, I thought Arizona needed a pamper.
3: They yes. had
1: peanut in their leg in the first first five eight
2: minutes of the game. Yes, and my favorite part was in the second half. Olivier Camois has a heck of a block at the rim, mm-hmm. and. The dude that he blocked, that that kid, was yoked, absolutely yoked. He was a big old boy. Like my my first thought was, why is he not on a football field? Too damn tall to play a football, man. But he he was yoked. I mean, why is he not playing offensive tackle? Why, why, how is he not a first round NFL tackle? <laughs> that was my first time Because I mean, he let because he let uh, Olivier Canwa block his shot. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, there you and, go. And yelling in his face. <laughs> they, they, well, that's the point I was getting at. <laughs> Olivier blocked that shot, and he yelled in his face. That's I, I, I loved it. You can't play football I, doing that. I I I loved it, and I, I loved the Olivier passion and, and him letting him know about it, and then. Josiah blocks the corner three, and Josiah says, you're too little, son. You're too little. You're too little. Josiah turned around and talked to him about it and, and stared him down. I loved it. I, I, I almost ripped my pants off right there on no, press row. No. I mean, I was just so excited. It, it, was, it was the best. Don't ruin the moment. I just, wow. What, what terrific play from, from the post. I did not see that coming. Nope. I, I thought it was not a good matchup for Tennessee in the post whatsoever. John Fulkerson delivered. Olivier Camois, he only had two points, but his impact on the game was far more than just the, the two points, seven big-time rebounds. He had an assist. He uh, played pretty strong defensively. Uh, obviously, had a, a, a couple of blocks that were huge and, and just really nice blocks. He, he finished with three blocks, a, a steal, an assist, seven rebounds, two offensive boards, uh, and he finished tied with Ziegler for the uh, best plus minus on the team, a plus seven. So um, Olivier was, was terrific despite just having two points. Uroš was awesome in his minutes, particularly within those first ten minutes of the game. He had like a four or five minute little shift there um, coming off the bench, first post player off the bench. And he was awesome in, in those couple of minutes and had two big offensive rebounds. Well, I guess technically he had one. He had on one possession, he just went beast mode. Offensive rebound, kick it out to Josiah. Josiah missed a three, and he didn't get the offensive rebound, but he tipped it back to Josiah on the same possession. Josiah swung it to Zakai in the corner for a corner three. So Urosh was was big on the offensive glass early. He was big uh, defensively early. That that was the best basketball Urosh has played, and it it was really, really, really cool to see Urosh uh, step up. I mean, he also had a a great plus-minus for – for the game with a, with a plus five so and and had another offensive rebound and, and put the hook back up and and, and it went in uh, that I just did not see that coming in, and we talked about it statistically, just looking at the stats I mean Arizona was really, really efficient offensively and defensively at the rim. They made a lot of two point shots they did not allow a lot of two point shots, and Tennessee bullied Arizona in the post
1: yes. And that's something we said yesterday that Uros and the post players about to have their best best games of their career, and they did, they did to this point, they did, they, they did. And give me the Olivier two points and the intensity and in the defense um, that come that came with yesterday over dropping twenty points against uh, the Sisters of the Poor. Yes, give me that all day long. Yep, because that's what Rick Barnes saw that he could be in two three years with with some development. And
2: that's what we saw last night, man. Ooh, let's go. The the Vols had Josh Richardson tweeting about him. Josh Richardson, Jay Rich, tweeting, UT boys got a big win today. Love to see it. Grant Williams, feed John Fulkerson. Chris Lofton, always great to be back. And how about uh, some recruits being in the building? Chris Lofton getting a standing ovation. B.J. Edwards, Tennessee signee, getting a standing ovation. I, I imagine last night helped with recruiting. Last it, night was just perfect, all
1: the way around. It was it was perfect, man. It was those type of games are. Wait, there was football recruits in town, correct? Is that what you are on a basketball recruit? basketball recruits. Well, those type of games are good to have football recruits in town.
2: Yes. So. I, I, unless somebody was there that I'm on, unaware of. Uh, with it being Christmas, and I, I think it's a dead period right now as well, so. Yeah, yeah. That type of atmosphere would have been great to have, you know, some of the
1: some of the football guys that you are still going after, dead period or not, it would have been
2: yes, good. Yes, yeah, that, so. that, that's a good January type of basketball game when you have Drew Richmond in the crowd, I, I think of. the the Drew Richmond recruitment when I think of football recruits being at basketball games and the entire arena chanting that we want Drew or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But basketball recruits will do. Mm -hmm. We'll take the basketball recruits. Now, got a
1: couple days, got about six days before you go on the road and play at Alabama who is kind of um, reeling after their win over Gonzaga. They have not played great um, since then, but don't look into that too
2: much. They'll be ready.
1: They'll be ready to go. It's a, it's a home game against Tennessee. Uh, SEC matchup at the beginning of the SEC slate. We'll, we'll see Alabama's best effort. So prepare yourself and just bring whatever you did last night. Put it in the bottle and bring it to Tuscaloosa with you. We'll take a quick timeout. out Swain event is Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Stay with us.
0: If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com
4: Hi there, Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.
1: When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at Forty Second Street. Online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007. 42nd Street, Brand, Strategy, Design. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain,
3: knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue.
1: Doc, what makes your training different than others?
3: I've been practicing in Knox for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved.
1: Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. JC's tree and landscaping service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. good to have a Hall of Fame coach leading your program yes so so great to have a Hall of Fame coach because going into this game we talked about all right who's who's gonna get what minutes who's gonna play who's gonna be a contributor who's gonna be a factor what what group needs to play well we we obviously um, pretty spot on with you know our post players needing to play at a certain level um, based on what you said. Being about Rick getting on the post players <clears throat> a whole lot in practice. And that tells you all need to know about the sense of urgency and, and where Rick thinks the game is going to be won. And we looked at Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Look at Uros and, and Folky and Kamwa. Okay, who's going to be the guys that'll be trusted on to go out there and play? Well, that was the older players. Kamwa got 20 minutes, Fulkerson played in 30. Uros got 10, and Huntley Hatfield got two minutes. And reminding folks of of this yesterday, Huntley Hatfield is supposed to be a senior right now. He's supposed to be a senior. Supposed to be a senior. So he only got two minutes. Justin Powell got 26 minutes. It was good to see him out there. Uh, I thought his defense was a whole lot better. He had some open looks. The... The step back, whoo-hoo, made the defender kind of buckle a little bit. buckle just a little bit with the jump jumper. Uh, that was just that was just beautiful. Big fan of Justin Powell, but he got 26 minutes. Zekai Ziegler with 12 minutes uh, and coming off the bench and providing a little bit of a spark uh, and some intensity. Love to see him fired up on the sideline, dapping up, slapping up the fans after a great defensive possession. Uh, Victor Bailey only got one minute. Only got one minute. And uh, when you're playing against a bunch of trees at the guard position and defense is kind of not your specialty, this game was going to be a hard game for you to get in and get some valuable minutes. So he got the short end of the stick in this game. Only get one minute. But the most important thing is the win. It doesn't really matter who plays. The most important thing is the win. And the Hall of Fame coach, Rick Barnes, put the right guys out there to get the result that everybody wants, and that is the win. These post players that play had their best game of the season. Olivia had their best game of the career. You probably could say the same thing about John Fulkerson if you think this game was more impressive or better than the game two years ago against Kentucky on the road. We seem to think that it was better than that, that performance. It was
2: one of his best games ever. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you had a performance by the post players that obviously was the best this season, but you can make a case that individually it was the best of these guys' career. And uh, that was a big reason why, why Tennessee won. So, free Barnes knows what he's doing.
2: Uh, just a little bit. He knows what he's doing. Just, just a little bit. And like with Brandon huntley Hatfield, if Urosh doesn't play well – in his four to five minutes, right off the bench, first post player off the bench, if if he does not play well in those minutes within the first ten minutes of the game, then Brandon Huntley-Hatfield plays more than he did. If if Olivier had had not been locked in defensively and, and was not rebounding the basketball, then Brandon Huntley-Hatfield would have played more. But Uroche and Olivier were locked in from the jump. hmm and don't be a simpleton and look at how many points they scored. If if you're saying Olivier didn't play well because he scored two points. If you're saying Urosh didn't play well because he scored two points, then quite frankly, you don't know basketball. He was, he was great. Because both of those guys played really well last night, and Tennessee didn't need them to score. They They needed them to play defense and rebound the basketball – Bring the intensity, bring the physicality, be locked in, and they were every bit of that. And if if they had not been that, then Brandon would have gotten a chance to to play earlier than he did. But but you didn't need to go to Brandon because they they were locked in from the jump and, and playing well. Uh, so and I I do wonder if we with Justin Powell and Victor Bailey, if if we now see like this be the turning point of of Justin Powell. Firmly moving ahead of of VJ in the pecking order. Now it'll it'll take just one half of basketball against Alabama of Justin Powell not being locked in in, in that first half in Tuscaloosa next Thursday or next Wednesday. Uh, if, if he's not locked in from the jump, then I'm, I'm sure Victor will get a, a chance. But I, I do wonder if kind of projecting forward, if if this is a, a change that that we'll see. With with Powell moving up in the pecking order because he was the first player off the bench last night. He immediately hit a three. He played well offensively, but I what I liked is he. I mean, he played with great effort defensively. Yep. He, he he still may not be the best defensive player, but he plays with great effort. He's relentless in, in chasing shooters around on the floor. He's relentless in, in trying to stay in front of his man. He he just played with a lot of intensity and a lot of focus last night on defense. So again, I do wonder if we, we see. How move up in the pecking order moving forward let's go to the phones 865-255-03 we've got don don good morning
4: good morning gentlemen i tell you what isn't it bright and sunshiny uh it was bright and sunshiny last night in uh, tv arena um uh, hey ben i wanted to ask you a question
2: yes since sir you, since
4: you were there uh there have been a lot of debate on message boards and stuff uh, what exactly did the Arizona player say when uh, Powell was shooting a free throw?
2: Yeah, I don't know. That was weird, though, wasn't it, when uh, Powell was shooting those two free throws there at at the end of the game? It was on the opposite side of the floor from me. Oh, okay. So, I, there, I mean, even if he was on my side of the floor, it was so – well, I guess it was quiet because Powell was shooting free throws and – TBA has good good awareness, <laughs> good basketball fans, knowing when to not cheer and when to cheer. But uh, I, I could not hear. It, it, the way Tennessee's players react, I just assumed that it wasn't necessarily what the Arizona player said. It was more of just the fact that he was talking and, and, and just talking to Powell while he was shooting a free throw to, to maybe distract him and, and try and get him to miss a free throw, which he did. I, I think that's what they were irritated about.
4: Well, I know, of course, Chandler got real upset. Uh, some speculated that uh, it was him saying something like maybe an official would because of the way he stopped, kind of uh, turned around like hold up or something, thinking it was an official making the call. But uh, it was a little strange that, like you said, it was a uh, <clears throat> couple of the uh, issues out there last night, well. Uh, for one, the officials were just—they were awful. We did get the benefit of the whistle for the most part. I'm not going you know, to say they wouldn't. And yes, if i been—if if the calls had been reversed and Tennessee, had lost a close game, of course we'd all be upset as well. I think we've had enough uh, short end of the stick uh, on the home court uh, that getting getting the benefit last night, you know, was was beneficial. The um, uh, as far as it, you know, we just come out on fire and, and then we just kind of, I don't know, we, we missed like five shots in a row and kind of kept them in there until right before half. But, but the big thing was every time they either got close or tied the game, then we had an answer. Just mm-hmm. Like the end of the first half, they go on a 10 0 run and I mean, they're really rocking and rolling and then, Tennessee finishes it on an 8-0 run and, and pretty much established, you know, we went a 15-point lead and go way down, and then it comes back to 13 at the half. And we needed every point uh, of that 8-0 run, obviously, before the night was over. The, uh, but the way our defense shut them down, I I, I think they were so shook. They yep. they pointed out last night this is only their third road game this year and the first one against somebody like this. Um uh, I think the crowd had a big, big effect on them early in the game as things were going bad. I mean, it wasn't just the steals and stuff, but I mean, they—they're they're passes out of bounds, and it's, uh, it's—it looked—it kind of, you know, funny. I guess you'd say we were enjoying the comic from it. There was one more point I wanted to make about something that happened last night, and uh, my. Uh, Aged uh, senior citizen brain has now <laughs> has now forgot it. So I will get off and let you gentlemen take some more calls. Let's just hope that things will uh, you know keep rocking and rolling. Uh, I will ask you one quick question that's off the basketball thing. I was just reading another article about it today. What do you think about Texas A and M canceling the their appearance ten days before the game, even if they had some you know COVID going on there? <laughs> You can test out a lot of players over a ten-day period.
1: I think whenever a team counsels due to COVID, I think you, you need to be careful in in you know assuming that it's legitimate or not because you you know we don't know, but. Don, I think if Texas AM and really, really, really wanted to play the game, they would. They would have had to play a freshman quarterback. Calzada hit the transfer portal. Haynes King was out for the year with the injury. Um, you had players opting out, getting ready for the NFL draft, and you had um, the COVID stuff, and you had guys just hurt. I think it was a combination of all of those things, and for A&M, it just wasn't worth it. As long as there's someone that can come in and replace Texas a that's what matters to me because Wake Forest should be able to play in this, in this football game. Wake Forest has earned the right to play uh, in a nice ball game, and I'm glad that they found a replacement. It's just so convenient and and just right on time that the replacement so happens to be Rutgers, John Curry is the AD at Wake Forest. Grishiano is the head coach at Rutgers. Must have been a coincidence that that, that game was was scheduled. And Rutgers was the replacement for Texas A&M. But I'm just glad Wake Forest was able to play. So that's my take on on the, on the game, Don.
2: According to A and M Athletic Director Ross Bjork, A and M is down to thirty eight scholarship position players, and just thirteen available scholarship players available on defense. That includes COVID opt outs or opt outs COVID transfers and season ending injuries. So, I don't know.
1: I mean, I think again, you know, I think if you really, really wanted to play, you could, but that's. I mean, there was a lot of guys. That's a lot of people out. Yes, that's a lot of people out, and you just—I mean, it's—it's it's, it's maybe just not worth it for you.
2: No, uh, two things I, I wanted to talk about Tennessee basketball-wise that that we had not completely mentioned okay. yet. Uh, that that Don brought up, and they were things that I wanted to bring up at, at some point that I thought were huge, huge factors in the game. Those runs that that Don talked about. He was, he was spot on. I mean, those, those were critical, Tennessee answering Arizona's run. I mean, I'm I'm looking up at the scoreboard. Tennessee's, Tennessee's up 13 with three and a half minutes to go. And I tweeted it. I said, Tennessee's got to to close out these three and a half minutes strongly because you, you don't want Arizona having momentum going into to the locker room. And, and what do you know? As soon as I press send on that tweet, back-to-back threes, and then they get a bucket, and then they get another bucket, I think it was a 10-0 Arizona run, and I was saying, oh, Lord, here we go. I mean, Arizona's going to close out the half. It's, it's just going to be a couple-point lead at, at halftime. And and sure enough, Tennessee answered extremely, extremely well with the 8-0 run to end the half. You had the John Fulkerson and one. You had the three from Santiago. That was when Santi was like 0 of 7, and he pulls – from Farragut with a hand in his face, I'm like, what are you doing? You're not shooting the ball well. You're going to pull this shot. And then there's nothing but net. <laughs> it was nothing but net. And then uh, Arizona probably shoots the ball a little, a little sooner than they would have liked to do so. Allowed Tennessee to get the rebound. You, you kick it to Kennedy in transition And Kennedy, Kennedy just turned on the NBA burners Hit him with a nice Euro I think it was Oh and, and, and man, that Euro was so clean Yeah, it was so clean and, it, and all of a sudden, Tennessee's back on an 8-0 run To answer Arizona's 10-0 run And Tennessee's up by 13 at the half 34-21 to 21. So that was huge And then the, the run after halftime Where Arizona came out guns blazing I mean, it, it was a uh, 8-0 run for Arizona to start the half, and Josiah hit a three, and then Kerr answered Tennessee's 5-0 run with a three, and it ballooned to a 7-0 run or a 10-2 run, however you want to look at it, before Rick Barnes called a timeout. And then coming out of that timeout, Josiah hit a pair of threes, and Tennessee was back to, to leading 47-40. to 40. So Tennessee answering those two runs, the one – to end the half and the one to begin the half were absolutely critical for the record
1: i do do like kerr i like the way he plays oh he's a baller yeah i i I love the way he plays i wouldn't mind having having him Mm -hmm. and his attitude on on my team but you um laid out a huge sequence earlier in the show for uh for uros and we're sitting here kind of watching the replay of the game with well not watching but 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 it's playing um, here in the studio. And I think the sequence just came up. This doesn't show up in the stat sheet except for the one rebound, but um, Santiago had a deep three, deep three that missed long. And Uros did a good job blocking out his man, uh, got the rebound, got it back out, and then I want to say Josiah – Uh, shot the three, and Olivier, um, no, Uros did a good job fighting for the rebound, didn't get the rebound, but his effort, he was able to tip the ball back out. Yep. He tipped the ball back out, goes to Josiah, and then you hit Zakai Ziegler in the corner for the three. And that right there was kind of an example of, And that that possession was an example of the effort, the the determination from this basketball team early and throughout the basketball game
2: is the reason why Tennessee was able to win. They just wanted it more. Yep. They just wanted it more than Arizona. And the other thing, and this is the second point that I wanted to bring up from Don's phone call, is that John Fulkerson was the star last night. He has the old-school triple-double, as Rick Barnes pointed out in uh, the post-game press conference. He had the 24 points, the 10 rebounds, but he drew 13 fouls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Rick Barnes labeled it a triple-double in in that regard. So, like, John Fulkerson was obviously the one making shots, and Josiah had big threes, and uh, Powell made some big shots, and, and Santi had some big shots. But I 1,000% believe that the crowd had everything to do with that win as the players. Uh, the the crowd 1,000% impacted the beginning of that basketball game. I don't think Arizona thought that the environment was going to be at all what it was. I mean, I'm sure they, they thought that there were going to be a lot of people there, but it was loud last night. And, you know, Tennessee gets, gets something going on the first play or two of, of the game, and then Arizona just spiraled out of control for those first five or six minutes with, with just – Bad turnovers, and they—they they were shell shocked. They were taking bad shots. They—they cool. they were struggling with Tennessee's press. They were struggling with with Tennessee's defenders being in their face. I mean, the crowd, one thousand percent. You can't convince me that the crowd did not have just as much to do with that win as the actual players on the court. Josiah said it post game. Folky said it post game. Rick Barnes said it post game. Justin Powell said it post game. And I don't think it was lip service either. I mean, it, it was rocking those first couple of minutes, and Arizona was shocked. They were shell-shocked.
1: You you can tell if a team is really peeing down their leg in basketball when you see the ball hit the first and second row, (laughs) being thrown out of bounds. When you can – you know, Kenny Chandler's straight theft of Kerr early in the game when he gets the layup. I mean, just – you know, you you see in Arizona guys being really soft with the basketball, being really weak with the basketball. That tells me that the crowd and the environment is affecting the opposing team. That's what it tells me for sure, man. They were intimidated. And that's the way Thompson Bowl Arena uh, is supposed to be and can't wait for the next home game and the SEC play against a good team so that way we can get the
2: same, same type – um, of the environment. Let's see what LSU game. or Ole Miss? I know Ole Miss is a home game. I can't remember Ole if Miss. LSU is a home game. Uh, Ole
1: Miss will be the, the the first home game SEC play. You play at LSU, Ugh. and then you play.
2: I think Anthony Jordan will be on the call. Probably. Um,
1: you play LSU January the 22nd, but you play LSU uh, January the 8th. So, so the big home games coming up is Ole Miss on the 5th, Should win. Play South Carolina, but I won't call it big. Should win. LSU on the 22nd. Florida on the 26th. Texas A&M on the 1st of February. Man, our big games are on the road. You got Kentucky, uh, February the 15th.
2: Duh, the Uh, SEC hates the Vols.
1: Auburn on the 28th of February. Arkansas, March 5th. Man, we got a... We don't have a lot of home games in SEC play. Good good
2: home games. Yeah, we don't have a lot of good ones.
1: A lot the, the, the tough opponents
2: are on the road. Swain, I have one last question. I I feel like we've hit every angle of this basketball game that we need to discuss. We we we've talked about Folky, we've talked about the post, we've talked about Justin Powell off the bench. We've talked about Rick Barnes making good coaching decisions last night and and adjustments and personnel-wise. We've talked about the crowd, Uh, Josiah's big three, answering the runs, the the official, Arizona being shell-shocked to start the game. I mean, we've hit on every angle that we need to hit on. And we'll continue to discuss it, obviously, but I have one last question. One last question, Swain. What's that? Do you think – Memphis's players still believe that COVID saved Tennessee from an L? No, never thought that. And why would why would Tennessee be afraid of
1: playing an unranked NI NIT team? <laughs> like that that's silly. Um so you know, Tennessee has a win against a you know top six opponent. Memphis also has a win against a top six opponent. Alabama was sixth at the time. They're now tenth. So why would Tennessee be afraid of playing Memphis when they just played the a team who is better than Memphis and, and Arizona. So, no, nah, man. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, Memphis players were talking
2: cash money on Twitter. Oh, my God. Exactly. Lesser oh, on, still? No, just I'm referencing oh, about to the, say, man. The, the, the tweets that they had that early afternoon when the game got canceled. Man, COVID saved Tennessee from an L. Really, y'all, y'all still think that? Y- y'all done? Are you finished? Yeah, go. Where about banking the tournament. That's what y'all do,
1: Memphis. CJ vaccinated and, and <laughs> Bell Buckle says, "Merry Christmas to you both." Thank y'all for making me look forward to 6 a.m. Central every morning. Love the show. Thank you, CJ. Merry Christmas. Uh, VFL99 says, "My seats, my seats aren't the greatest, but to me, the refs were just bad." I pointed out to people I was chatting, chatting with in my section, and they agreed. At one point, they blew a whistle, but they were was no foul. They looked around for a second and then called it on Arizona. No foul. Horrible officiating. I can recall at least ten times where I've seen a bad call on or against Tennessee. Oh, the officiating was bad. But Tennessee got the benefit of the doubt most of the time. It
2: feels, feels good for once. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. But the officiating was bad. Mm-hmm. There were some times when, and I agree with you, VFL 99, there was absolutely no, no contact. It was not a foul. But – I guess uh, officiating across the board is just bad in collegiate sports, with football and now basketball. And Rodney Nostell said, "says uh, Don't worry, we play Alabama next Wednesday on these calls." Well, the <laughs> last time we played Alabama at home, we we got we got the good calls, the right calls. We got the we got the. I remember, man. I remember how PO Petty was. It was uh, Nate Oates' first first season. We got the benefit of the doubt in that game down there against right. Alabama.
2: Well, that game was here, wasn't it? When uh, in when, Alabama,
1: when Petty uh, traveled? No, the, the game I'm talking about was at was at Alabama
2: when we got all the calls. I don't remember that. All the calls. I, I, remember, I refuse to believe that Tennessee played in Tuscaloosa and and got all the calls in any sporting event. No, I I, I remember because I know exactly where I was and who I was who I was with.
1: Um, remember we went. One year you went with us to um nice steak dinner. Yes. And then another year you couldn't go, but the year you didn't go was that game. And Tennessee playing Alabama, I remember watching, at the bar. So gotcha. that was the game. Uh, the other McKee said, did Bailey play at all? He played one minute. One minute. Vol Fan says, I know some people complain because Barr always sits players with two fouls in the first half. But he brought Powell back at the end of the half with two because he knew how important he was last night. I don't know why people complain about a player getting, you know, put on the bench, two fouls. I mean, you don't want to get that third.
2: People just don't like Rick. And it, it baffles me. Uh, Uh, It's either because he's not Bruce or because they're still salty about the whole UCLA thing. Like I, I just, and I understand that, that, Rick's way of doing things can be frustrating at times, and I understand that. You know, th- there have been moments of not going as far in the tournament as as you should, and maybe not doing as much as as you should have. I, I understand all that, but to to just consistently harp on Rick Barnes and, and about some of the the stupidest things and, and things that aren't even true or, or don't even Matter in the grand scheme of things, I mean it baffles me I mean Rick Barnes is a great ambassador for this university. He has a great basketball program, and some of y'all just want to to pick on anything and everything that the man does you all some of y'all can 't wait till he slips up just one little slip up I mean he could accidentally say a cuss word and and, and y'all would make him out to be the worst person on the planet while I mean, cussing it, it, <laughs> yes i mean it's just it it the the Rick Barnes dislike from some of y'all baffled me i mean. It's, you some of y'all are just miserable. The the miserables just can't wait to be miserable.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Man, Ho- hopefully Christmas you know, changes that for at least one one day. 865-25503. Man, I can't wait for Attaboy. I can't wait. Uh it is coming up. Let's get to Turkey Man on the Hours Networks hotline. Turkey Man, good morning.
0: Morning, guys. Merry Christmas to you guys. I was gonna I was gonna tell you a Christmas story here before I get off. It's okay, but I also wanted to share that uh, uh, U- Uroch did good, didn't he? he, he we had, talked about him. He's great. We talked about yeah. He did more than pep rally, yeah. But uh, uh, sometimes, Ernie, you talk of basketball. It went over kind of football as as coaches wise a little bit. But how uh, about breaking down the from top to bottom best coaches in the in the SEC around ball, there after a while, you don't care. But anyhow, i won't tell my Christmas story. Of course, everybody knows what the real meaning of Christmas is, so I don't think I don't need to share that. But I was I was about freshman high school, I guess, and uh, I wanted a rifle. I wanted a particular rifle for Christmas, and uh, one of them Sunday mornings, I just uh, I I just didn't want to go to church. Uh, I laid out of going to church, so I went to hunt and see if I got that rifle. Why I found it, and I mean, I put the scope on it and I looked at it and I did all things just peddled with it there and just enjoyed looking at it. And I put it back in the box, put it back up uh, so Mom wouldn't know I got in it. Well, Mom somehow or another figured that out, and uh, she she got an old rusty BB gun of mine and she put it in that box. And as we were sitting around getting gifts, because knew what was in that box, I looked at other things like, like we do sometimes. And uh, she kept saying, well, that box. So I opened it up, and there was that old rusty BB gun. And it was looks with tell. Uh, but I remember that moment at that time how my mom got me for snooping. Because <laughs> you can't get too old about snooping. We, we want to snoop and see what there we get an opportunity. But anyhow, Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> Merry Thank
2: Christmas, Turkey, man. Bye-bye. Uh, are you a snooper, Swain? I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. a snooper. I, I don't want to know what my gifts are. Like, I, I, I love the waking up on Christmas and opening all my gifts. My, my sister and my dad, they, they always wanted to get into everything on Christmas Eve, and my mom and I were like, no, <laughs> let's open up all the gifts on Christmas. Like, last week, my wife had a, a package that was dropped off while she was at work, at nine o'clock at at night, a random car pulls into my driveway. Guy doesn't even look like a delivery man and dropping something off on my judge was not a fan. I it kind of freaked me out as well. But uh, she was like, "Go get the package on the back porch and don't look at it." And like, she doesn't believe me that I didn't look at it. But I don't want to know what I got.
1: I don't either. No, I don't. I don't I'm not a I'm not a peaker either. Man. I like
2: to savor the moment on
1: Christmas. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to ruin that surprise for somebody anyway. So. Uh, no, I don't. Uh-uh. No,pe not a not a peaker. You're not a snoop.er as Turkey Man said. Snoop.er, peeker, looker. Nope. <laughs> I don't nope. Know, I, I do think you are a uh, a peaker. <laughs> I ain't going there. Uh, as far as the
2: ranking of the SEC coaches, I refuse to to rank SEC coaches again this week. No, nah, I'm not doing it. I refuse to do it again this year. We'll we'll do it next year. <laughs> I refuse. A lot of good coaches. Turkey, man, you set me up for failure earlier this week.
1: Nah. Sorry, Turkey, man. Can't do it. Hour two is coming up. We got Attaboy coming up. So stick around. Swing event. Fuel by Dead End Barbecue.